is so essential to your growth, to accountability. And like you said, make sure you're sitting under sound teaching because it's so true. Bad theology hurts people. I've seen it hurt people firsthand. Um, and it's so important that you have a shepherd at your church who is really caring for the church body and um, takes the word of God. Can't relate to cancel culture, hookup culture, or victim culture? Well, neither could we. We created this platform for those other girls. Girls like us who want to give a different perspective from a Christian and conservative worldview. We talk about life, relationships, work, pop culture, and true crime from a Christian conservative perspective. Let's be those other girls that don't just talk about culture, but change culture and bring back traditional values. views expressed on this podcast are our own and do not reflect our employers. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. You are listening to Those Other Girls with Maui and Friends. I'm Mallory, and we are changing culture and bringing back traditional values. So today is a great episode. We're going to be talking about something that um, Concerned Women for America started, and it is Faith Month, but we're going to be talking about it with my friend, um noelle from instagram we now that i think about it i think we may have met once in real life actually did we at a conference maybe i think it's quite possible but i mean i'm really bad at that stuff especially like if i've met someone online because it's also awkward when you meet people online because you're like do i like act like i already know you or (laughs) do i actually this is my first time and then if they don't remember that you're friends on facebook too so then it's like really awkward but Anyway, my friend Noelle um, from Instagram is on with us, and we're just going to talk about Faith Month. We're going to talk about um, Christianity. We're going to talk about why we're Christians, and we're going to talk about um, just other things and her life and everything. But anyway, everyone, welcome, Faith. Welcome, Noelle. I was thinking Faith because we're talking about Faith Month, but that's not your name. You know? Yeah. Funny fa- funny story. My middle name is Noelle as well, no but I spelled like the, yeah, yeah. I spelled the Christmas way, okay. which I found out is the guy way. Someone told me that yesterday. And I was like, I did not know that. It is. Yeah. And yeah. And it's pronounced, uh, she said it's so Noel. So it's like Cole with an N. And I was like, okay, I did not know that. I've gone my whole life being um, called Mallory Noel. Um, but all right, good to know. That's anyway, funny. thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> thank you for having Can me. You... Yeah, I'm super excited that we were able to make this work. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I am, um, I guess, a content creator online. Um, I make videos and I also host a podcast that is starting up again. It's called Out of Context. Um, And the whole reason it's called Out of Context is because two years ago, um, I switched my political views on social justice, mainly because of my theological views. And I understood Mm. a lot of things differently. Um, And because of that, 
my words were taken out of context and I was doxxed and harassed um, and canceled. And honestly, it was the best thing that happened to me. I'm super thankful for it because the Lord definitely used that in my life and I see sovereignty over that. Um, but yeah, so that's just a little bit of where that name came from for the podcast. So um, I freelance and I will be attending grad school um, this coming fall. So I'm very excited. Yay, that's super exciting. Um, so first, I just kind of want to get into it, but I want to talk about the what happened with you being docs and everything. If you don't mind sharing, share as much as you want with that. But how did that, I guess, first start off with what switched in your mind to make you um, get, I guess, deeper in your theology to switch to conservatism and then kind of take us from there to being docs to where you are today. Yeah. So I grew up in a Christian household. Um, my father was a huge influence, is a huge influence on me um, and just his views and his upbringing. And just, I kind of just got caught up in the emotions of social justice. I think I had already kind of been groomed for social justice because I was a, I'm a philosophy and biochemistry major. So philosophy, they talk a lot about postmodernism, a lot about gender theory and race. So I was kind of, I was used to be the person that said gender is a social construct. I was definitely more on the, um, I, I think being a first gen college student, I took a lot of pride in my race and ethnicity and background, and I didn't realize that I was letting that become more significant, more of a significant part of my identity than the gospel and Christ and what he's done mm -hmm. in my life. Mm -hmm. And so when all of that social justice stuff in 2020 really caught fire and a lot of churches were caught up in the social justice movement, um, I was one of the people that was mad. I was like, why is my church not doing something? Why are they not posting something or taking more action? Um, and then I spoke to my dad about it and we were just talking about some race stuff and actually lost a debate to my dad, which had never happened before. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. that's brutal. And they don't let you forget either. Mm -mm. They don't let you forget. They do not. <laughs> and like, my dad was so right. You know, I should have definitely listened to him earlier on, but like even talking to my grandma, my grandma has, um, she loves Jesus and she definitely has those conservative values. Um, she grew up in Texas, so she grew up when there was still segregation. She couldn't go into a movie theater or a restaurant, but yet she still had these conservative views. And I never even thought to ask her why. Um, and then talking mm -hmm. to my dad and like he grew up a single mom. Um, he was definitely fit the statistic for growing up with a single mom from Compton. But yet my dad, like he ended up becoming a police oh, officer. Compton, like from the movies. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. He's from Compton. South Central. <laughs> oh, whoa. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So continue he grew up to be he grew up said. to be a police officer he went to the military wow yeah. so he actually got he couldn't go into law enforcement because of something in his background he went into the marines and then he was able to be chief of police for a school district so like that's just the lord's grace wow in that. yeah yeah so it's so cool and i love that because it just shows any first of all god like it's the Lord's grace, God can change anything. Mm -hmm. And if we offer each other grace, we can just see how lives can change. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Such a testimony to like the Lord's sovereignty and like, just, yeah, just his mm -hmm. grace and his mercy just to give us those small things that we really desire um, and bless us in those ways. And so after I lost a debate with my dad, um, I started like, I found people like Thomas Sowell, Larry Elder, and I, my mind was blown. Um, and then I made a video with my grandma 
talking about her experience and what she grew up with and why she has the views that she has. Um, and then someone had made a comment about it. And then I didn't use the best words. Granted, I was very immature. <laughs> I was still learning at the time, but I was kind of rude in my response to the person. But I made a TikTok video basically saying how a lot of this has to do with personal responsibility. There's a lot of other factors that go into this. It's not just this generalized racism that's causing all of this division and chaos in the world. And um, after I made that video, some people from my high school, um, someone from a past relationship, his friends knew my personal information, like cell phone number, address and everything. They posted it on Twitter. It blew up, went viral. Um, But that also gave me the platform that I have now. Um, So God definitely uses evil for good, Um, even in my stupidity, you know, because that wouldn't have happened had I not been disobedient and in a relationship I shouldn't have my freshman year of college. But like... A whole year later, God really, um, it really changed a lot of my life and let me learn who he was and his grace and how I could never earn his grace. And he used that relationship to teach me that. But also fast forward, he used that to completely change my life. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of like my journey in a nutshell. Wow. Okay. So really quick question about doxing. I've actually never been doxed praise the Lord. But I know a couple of people who have, and I do have this question. So did it, did you have to like call the police? Yeah, I did. Um, it got, and what, what are the protocols? Because I know that, um, back in the day, a lot of it's like, well, so not oopsie daisy. Oh, well, but like have the laws changed and things like that. Yeah. Unfortunately the laws have not changed. And that is kind of why I'm really passionate about cyberbullying. Um, because, Mm -hmm. I had to call the FBI. I had, I was getting death threats. People came to my house and I was, Oh my God. Yeah. I was fearful more for my family. I'm not really like scared for my own safety, but I was scared for my family. And when I called the cops, they were like, you know, we can't do anything until they physically hurt you. So that was just, I was kind of like, what am I supposed to do? I called a lawyer and they said, we can't really do anything until they physically hurt you. So that was just a scary time, but I, I'm definitely thankful for the Second Amendment. <laughs> and, and I was going to say, so, and now let's plug the Second Amendment. <laughs> so if the system can't do anything, then I'm covered by Jesus and the Second Amendment. So I was okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that no, that's a really good plug for the Second Amendment, though, because sometimes we have to protect ourselves. And we want to go, I know for myself at least, and if you listen to the episode with Raising Tactical Daughters, we talked about sometimes you want to be on the... Like, you don't want to be surprised. You want to be ready at all times. And if you're in a situation like that where there just doesn't seem to be anything, I don't know what should be done. I mean, I I would hate to be in charge of creating those laws right now. It would be very, very difficult. But something, I mean, whatever system we have right now is not working because mm-hmm. that's not fair to you that people can do that and that you, you know, have to be that concerned. Yeah. Um. That's... That's crazy. Um, but um, thank God for God's sovereignty and how he turned something to, like like you said, e- turning evil to good. Um, so I guess my next question I want to ask is your relationship with God. You said you grew up Christian. Did you, um, when did you really make your faith your own? Because for myself, and I've said this in other podcasts, and I know I'm not alone in this, even though it really feels like a lot of people, and if this is your story, there's nothing against it. But a lot of people I feel like um, didn't grow up Christian. 
Um, they went through all these awful, terrible, awful, awful, awful things, and then they became Christian. Um, and I know I'm not alone in that, so I try to always share mine because I grew up Christian, didn't live the most perfect life. But um, when I went to college is when I really made my relationship my own. I was wondering if you had a similar situation. Yeah. How was yours? So um, this has definitely been something that I have just really been meditating on. Um, I So growing up in a Christian home, um, I was very blessed to be introduced to the gospel at a young age. I don't think I fully comprehend the gospel from that young age of hearing it first. Um, I think, you know, I believe that I did accept the Lord from a young age. I believe he saved me at a young age. Um, and I'm thankful that he preserves us and carries us through no matter our failings, because I know from the time of being a child, I want to say about eight is when I realized, okay, I, I started to kind of um, understand the gospel. Um, but I think it, when I, I went to a Bible college program, my freshman year of college, and it was there that I felt like the Lord went from being my friend because I, I dealt with a lot of bullying to really being my savior and my Lord mm. of my life. Um, and from there, I mean, I really had a part um, for the, for the word, for the gospel, but it wasn't linear. Um, and I'm so thankful that I can't lose my salvation. I'm thankful I can't earn it. I'm thankful that, um, God's grace is sufficient and he sanctifies us, um, because it wasn't mm -hmm. linear. I definitely went through some rough times. My senior year of high school, I was very focused, very focused on my walk with the Lord. Um, very passionate about sharing the gospel, but I, started to form a situationship or a relationship that I shouldn't have been in. Um, and this person was also a believer. So I thought, you know, it's fine. And, and just, I slowly mm -hmm. started to drift away from, um, from the Lord. And I don't, I still, you know, was in the word. I, I still was seeking God. And because of that, I, I believe he pulled me out of that relationship because I realized that this was not a relationship that was honoring to the Lord. Um, but that took years to heal from. I want to say it probably took two years to heal from the damage from that. Um, and then in college, uh, my mm, I want to say my so sophomore, late sophomore, junior, no, junior year of college, um, same time around my political beliefs changed. Um, I actually had saw a documentary called American Gospel and my ah, mind was blown. Yes. Oh my goodness. My mm. mind was blown. I didn't know that there was a whole, not only intellectual side to theology, but a real meaty side to theology where these people studied their Bible and they had answers and they craved to know the context. And um, my mind was just blown. I'd been looking for it since freshman year of college, a solid church. I want to say search for a solid church for like four years and a half um, and could not find one in L.A. And so I saw the documentary and then I uh, saw another docu documentary on reform theology. And I just really gravitated to like Paul Washer. And then I found my church because American Gospel is following my current church on Instagram. And I've been there and been plugged oh. in and just been growing there ever since. And so it hasn't been linear. There's been a lot of bumps in that in that yeah. uh, in that time frame, but God is so well, good. Well that's so. life. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's life. That's one thing that I have had to learn and like be quote unquote comfortable with. Um, I watched American Gospel change my life as well. Shout out to the creators of that. Um <clears throat> but the whole not linear thing, I had to because I would get very frustrated because I would be 
reading my Bible, praying. I'd be so radical, like, yeah, every saying Jesus is Lord all the time. And yeah, Jesus, Jesus, you know, doing all these quote unquote Christian-y things. And then, you know, something could happen. Like, and being completely honest, something would happen. I'd be very upset. Mm-hmm. I'd get mad at God. And then I'd kind of like drift off. And I would be so, and then I would like, I guess, come to and be like, I can't believe I did that again. God, I know you're so mad. And it's like, well, that's part of the human experience. Mm. I mean, the Bible says we'll have trials and tribulations. The Bible says that nothing's going to be like flat out perfect. The idea is you sin and you repent and you actually repent, turn away. You actually express to God that you are sorry for what has happened, that you realize what you did and you try to do better. Mm. I think sometimes, and I can speak for myself, sometimes I'll do something and I'm like, oh, well, God will forgive me. But it's, then I'm not repenting. Mm. And that's something I've been like thinking about a lot too, just um, just in life with a lot of things that we as humans do and we just keep doing and keep doing, but we're not really, but we go, oh, well, God will forgive me. Yeah. So then we're not really repenting. We're saying, God, forgive us, but we're not. So that's not a real turning away. Yeah. So you're really just speaking words. Um, but anyway, so back to what you were saying with the linear thing, like it's definitely, um, that's absolutely how life is. We're not going to always be perfect. We can't do it. We're not enough. I mean, that's, that was a big lesson that I learned in 2020. Cause that's, I think I read the, you're not enough. Yeah. I think I read that around the same time I saw American gospel. And then at the same time I started listening to apologia radio and things like that. Like it all kind of happened around the same time. And like, that's kind of when for myself, I kind of started changing I guess my theology or like changing my focus and what you said about the meaty thing I would love to just talk about this for a second I really have struggled with um female bible studies like female life groups or whatever because a lot of times all they want to do is read and I I'm not trying to insult anybody. So if anyone listening (laughs) is part of this life group that I was a part of, I'm not trying to insult you. I'm just expressing how I feel. We had, there's an option between like reading an actual book of the Bible or like reading like a little book on how to make friends. Like a self-help book. And everybody voted. Yeah, like a self-help book. And everybody voted for the self-help book. And I'm like, come on now, women. Like we can't. And the last like three books we did were self-help books. And it's like, I, I personally... I'm not in the camp that's like, oh, those self-help books are terrible. I'm not in that camp. I think they're fine every once in a while, but I really don't like every once in a while. Every single Bible study does not have to be a self-help book. Mm. And I really struggled with that, um, with the church that I'm right now. I'm like, I say I'm in between churches. I've been visiting um, a church the past like two Sundays that I think I might switch over to. Um, But the church before that, once again, I like the people. They're not terrible. I'm just tired of that little like, okay, so write down, how do you feel about your friendships? Okay. Like, I'm tired of that. Like, I want to read, okay, what is going on in First Kings? I did a Bible study once on First Kings. And I thought that was amazing. Because I've never, like, I've read the Bible. I know the stories, grew up Christian, Christian school, all that. So, like, I know the stories, but I never really sat down and read, okay, this is what Jehoshaphat, wow, that's crazy. This is oh, that's crazy. So like, I want that type of stuff. Yeah. But that's just not, it's hard to find that. It is so hard to find. And I definitely um, grew up with more of a background of a church that, um, 
you know, I believe that there's people who genuinely love Jesus there. I'm thankful I grew there. Um, but it was a lot of self-help books. It was a lot of that. And yeah. it was a lot of emotion. And, um, you know, I think we're human beings. We have emotions. That's fine. Especially as women, we, yeah. we have emotions. But um, I... I want to dig deeper into God's word because I know that my emotions are fleeing. You know, like the Bible says, the heart is deceitful above all things. I want to know what does God say about this? I want to dig deep into this. I want to understand the theology. And that's one thing I've been very blessed with. My life group at my church, I attend Mission Bible in Costa Mesa. And um, my life group, they don't shy away from theology. They don't shy away from those heavy topics. We just finished Exodus. Um, and like, that's even so appropriate for what we we're talking about earlier of our walks with the Lord not being linear. You know, I think of the Israelites that were, you know, they saw God's perfect example and they were just yeah. still complaining. And I'm like, Lord, when we were going through that book at my life group, I was like, this is me. This is me. I can like see God do wonders in my life, you know, be so close to him. And then the minute something happens, I'm like, Lord, where are you? And he's like, I've never left you, but your emotions, yeah. you know, dive into my words, seek me. And so, um, but yeah, I, that's been a huge blessing of being planted at a church that um, God's word is top priority. It makes a world of a difference. Yeah. And I want to encourage everyone listening. Like I know my friend. Um, so when I lived in Virginia beach, I had a great church community. I, it was near perfect and I'm trying I don't live in Virginia Beach anymore I need to move on so I'm trying to work on that but my friends were teasing me because I was telling them about um my situation with the church like wow this is like your third church and I'm like yeah because I'm trying to find like church I realize is so important Mm. I think that so the church I grew up in I went they had a school so I went there from elementary to middle school my mom worked for the church and I really I'm pro Christian school, but I will say one of the negatives is like the per if you've known this person since you were three and now you guys are fifteen, it's just a lot of baggage and like I just it's not not for me. Not for me. Yeah. I if if I could, I would I'm gonna try to send my kids to two separate Christian schools, like one for elementary and middle, maybe something like that. Cause it's just it's it's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Anyway, all that to say, like, um so uh, Dang it, I lost my train of thought. Um, so when so oh I don't remember now. So like when it comes to churches, I I didn't dislike my church. I just was tired of seeing the same people. So I didn't have like this strong, like, okay, I need to find a good church. So when I went to undergrad in New Jersey, didn't go to church. My last semester is when I really started getting into the word. Um, it was a Catholic school, which you know, we can talk about that another day. Um <laughs> And they wouldn't allow Protestant organizations on the campus. So, but I was a part of a Bible study and like, you know, I, that's really where I started diving in. And then right after that, I went to Virginia Beach and that's where I understood the true importance of gathering of the body. Like I truly understood like what a community is supposed to be. Like I can go on and on about how great that community, that church was. Um, I will say some of the things theologically I kind of disagree with. That was my pre-american gospel um (laughs) but i will say like the community aspect was so important and um i mean not just like the help in your community but there was a lady at the church who i was actually got really close with an older lady kindness woman in the entire world and we would um myself and a couple other women would come to her house wednesday mornings and she'd cook us like make us muffins and like we would literally just have like talking about god about like 
career like what I was thinking about that at the time I was dating someone so I would ask them for like relationship it was just really That's like sweet. an example Titus yeah it was a Titus 2 it was like mm-hmm. a Titus 2 experience so that's what I have understood and that's like I encourage everyone listening to really seek that out and that's what I've been trying to do I'm working on you know in the non so spiritual part but I guess more of the emotional part of me like forgetting about that's the past I've moved on and trying to find something like that similar but not expecting it to be exactly the same because we do like gathering of the body is so important and going to a church that's actually preaching the bible um is so important the cultish podcast they always say uh bad theology hurts people Mm. it really does does. like it really does you want to make sure you're going to a church where the preachers are preaching the word they're not adding or taking away and the bible tells us that too the bible says do not add do not take away Mm -hmm. um you really need to like, it's just so important. I really want to encourage everyone. If it takes you two, it took you two years. It's about to take me three years. But if you can just find that church that is like, you just need to find it. Yeah. Because it's just, it's so important. It's so, so important. I don't, I have friends who, you know, are not plugged into a church and they're like, well, it's okay. It's like my relationship with God is my relationship with God. I'm like, yes, it is. However, like you, the Bible says yeah. do not forsake the fellowship of believers. Like do not yeah. need that. You need that community. It is so essential to your growth, to accountability. And like you said, make sure you're sitting under sound teaching because it's so true. Bad theology hurts people. I've seen it hurt people firsthand. Um, And it's so important that you have a shepherd at your church who is really caring for the church body and um, takes the word of God seriously. Yeah. A a good example too uh, that I was thinking of when it comes to why church and being together with the plugged into a church is so important it's just tiny things when you think about it like when i'm in facebook groups and people say stuff like oh my aunt died and uh we just we need help um like i can't cook like uh it's one of those like group neighbors uh you know that neighbors facebook group and it's like oh my aunt died and we just haven't gotten a chance to clean things like that and it's like that's what your church is supposed to do your church ideally you know if it's a small church it might not happen but ideally your church should have someone who first of all your pastor should come come by and you know pray with you speak with you and then the really nice ladies that plan the thing should come by with at least one meal someone can help you like that is what is that's part of being a community. That's part of being a church. It's just tiny things like that that you're going to miss out on. Mm-hmm. Even um, another example is back in Virginia Beach, like I felt less tempted to do things that I knew, um, to less tempted to do things that were less God honoring than honestly I do here because I, I wasn't really plugged into a group of friends. And it's not even about peer pressure. What it's about is we have a sin nature. We want to do X, Y, and Z. And that's not what God has us to do. But if we're surrounded by other believers that are holding us to a higher standard, that are holding us accountable, we won't feel that pressure. It won't be um, as, you're just not going to feel that pressure. And I can even feel it like the new church I'm going to now, I really do like, and I can even feel, I went to one Bible study with them and um, I like hung out with some of the girls uh like a couple of times and I can even feel the difference in that and like just being around believers in that just people who are just 
saying things like, yeah, the Lord, just tiny language. It's just such a different experience when you're really in that, um, when you're truly in that community, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, totally. I think it's because, you know, as a believer, we, our mindset is different. Like, our outlook on life is yes. different. Everything is completely yes. different. Our desire is to seek the Lord, where the non-believer has no regard for that. Um, you know, and I definitely have been caught up in in that difference of like okay well now i have friday nights i can go spend with my church group and talk about what's going on in our lives and talk about how the lord is ministering to our hearts and um you know just do life together opposed it's so much better than going out on a friday night with some friends to like i don't know grab a drink not there's anything wrong with drinking i personally have no problem with that as long as you're not getting drunk or drinking to excess yeah so drinking to excess it's just like yeah the i would much rather be with my church group <laughs> you know but with yeah. that it's like you need to find a body of believers who you can surround yourself with because who you surround yourself with is who you become um and that is so important yeah it really is and you know, girls listening, I just really want to encourage you, especially if you are in college, about to go to college, seriously, who you surround yourself with makes a huge difference. I cannot stress that enough. I mean, I'm not perfect. I can tell you if you ever want to get in my DMs and ask me a couple of questions, I'm not perfect. Um, but I can definitely, I mean, I can see in my life, I can see in different situations how who you surround yourself like affects a lot of things it really does and i think sometimes i know when i was younger my mom would say something like that i'd be like okay <laughs> yeah. um <laughs> like all right i'm still gonna do whatever i want to do but i just see it obviously i can't go back and tell her she's right but um just joking i tell her that occasionally <laughs> um but it's i mean it's definitely it makes a huge huge difference um i want to transition a little bit into talking about faith month um, and so we're both also YWA ambassadors. Um, everybody should get involved in that. Shout out to the girls listening that are um, already involved. And one of the things on the packet that they were saying, which is why I really want to talk about this, because I really like the idea of having it a month, especially because it's Easter, um, like, or the week before e we're recording this the week before Easter. I think you will hear this the Tuesday after Easter, possibly, but you'll hear it around Easter time. You'll hear it in April. <laughs> I can guarantee everyone you will hear this in April. Um, but I really like the idea of doing this because, I mean, Easter is the reason, like the whole reason why any of this matters, the whole reason why life is even worth living um, is because Jesus died on the cross. So I guess I just want to ask you what, when you hear faith month, what does that make you think of? Like what, yeah. What does that make you think of? Um, I just think of, you know, putting emphasis on boldly sharing the gospel, um, especially if, even with your friends, if you don't have a social media platform, but especially if you do have a social media platform to really take this month and we should always be bold for Christ and always be bold for the gospel. But I think just emphasizing on that this month, especially with all the craziness going on and all the other mm -hmm. flags being raised and all the other concerns, um, what a beautiful month, um, you know, the month that we're reminded the whole reason we have salvation and we have grace and our sins are paid for is because Jesus died on the cross and that is that is the gospel that's what we have now our hope and um so yeah I think it's perfect timing for faith month and it's just it really and then for me and it's an emphasis to really emphasize on the gospel and to um share with friends who I've been hesitant to share with um and really just keep that at the forefront of my mind 
Yeah, that's, I like what you said to share with friends you've been hesitant to share with. I think now is definitely the time for that. I think now is a time where we need to get bolder. I know myself, like just as I'm saying this, I'm thinking of a friend who I've been praying for for years. I've been praying for years and we just kind of have stopped talking about it because like, I don't want to ruin the friendship. By the same time, I do, I mean, I'm praying for this person, like the idea, because as a Christian, if you believe the Bible, you believe the only way to to heaven is through Jesus. So if someone's not, you know, not to be rude, but, you know, if someone, the only way to heaven is through Jesus. So if someone's not going through Jesus, then there's only one other option. So when I think about that, it's just like, oh, it's just so sad. But I think. Like you said, like this is a month for boldness. This is a month where, you know, their soul is at stake. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, that's really good. I completely agree. I have a, as you were sharing that, I literally thought of a friend right now in my mind um, who I've been (laughs) trying to invite to church, but I've also kind of, I invited them last week, but I've kind of been a little bit quiet this week because I don't want to push this friend away because I really do care about this friend. That's what's so hard about it. You, you know? don't want to push people away, but you also want to like show how important and how serious it yeah, is. Yeah, it's like, but I also want you to be in heaven for eternity. I also right, want right. to experience that supernatural joy and peace, um, you know, of, of Christ and that hope because uh, it's uncomparable, you know, but it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't want to push you away. But at the same time, I don't want your soul to be lost forever. Um, I don't want I don't want you to go to that place of torment. So it's hard it, for me. I'm like, OK, Lord, at the end of the day, like show me how to use my words to share the gospel. But I rest in knowing that he's sovereign and ultimately mm-hmm. he knows he knows who will be saved and who will not be. Um, and I just need to keep praying and rest in knowing that he's he's gotten that all taken care of already yeah and i think that that also too is hard for me to just be like well because sometimes and my one of my friends explained this to me like it's not up to us like sometimes i feel like from my friend that i'm thinking of in particular i'm the only christian in his life so i'm always like okay i cannot mess up like when i'm feeling like extra sad i can't tell him because then he'll think that jesus is, i'm saying jesus isn't enough for me and then i get all anxious like okay i can't tell oh him. my gosh i feel the same also, way like, <laughs> yeah like i feel all that but my friend was telling me he's like you need to chill because at the end of the day, like God's in control. You doing one thing is not, if he's supposed to go to heaven, you doing one thing is not going to stop it. And yeah. I'm like, you know what? You're right. Like, it's not, it's not up to me. And that's what's just so relieving about um, Christianity, about believing in Jesus is that like, we can release everything. Nothing is up to us. We do not have that pressure on us that we have to be perfect. We have to do everything right. Or, oh, well, I shared this thing on Facebook today. Let me pull it up really quick because this is what it made me think of about. Um, and I just think it's so it's so true. It's so beautiful. Um, it says, if salvation were 99.99% dependent on God and 0.001% on us, we'd all be there. Mm. And like, that's just such a, to me, that's such a relieving idea that like, you know what? It's not up to me. Yeah. I, cause I'm going to mess up. I have messed up time and time again, but it's not up to me. So. Oh my gosh. I love what John MacArthur and um, Daryl Harrison, they both did like Daryl did a uh, episode on the just thinking podcast about assurance of salvation. Ooh, love that podcast. So good. And then um, John MacArthur too. And, 
I love what John MacArthur said. He said, you know, if, if I could lose my salvation, I would have already lost it. And I'm like, oh, that's yeah. so true. It's out of my control. Thank God for his grace. Um, of course, that doesn't mean we abuse it, but it's just, you know, that's definitely a peace in knowing that. Yeah, it's such peace. And that's definitely one of the topics that I have gone back and forth on. What you said is so true and makes plenty of sense. And I think when I was younger in my faith, I used to always think that like at any moment you could do something mm-hmm. where God will be mad at you. And that's that like the unforgivable sin was everything. That's what I used to kind of think. Yeah. And I think when you, I think that's an example of like bad theology hurting people. Cause then you get very anxious about making mistakes here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, so the idea that like, you know, we can lose our salvation at, or the idea that nothing we can do um, will make us lose our salvation. Nothing we can do, or I'm sorry, we're not in charge of our salvation. That's a better way of saying it. Um, the idea that we're not in charge of our salvation is just such relief. And I think um, sometimes people get caught up in the, well, if that's the case, because I used to say this, well, if that's the case, then why, you know, why are you, why care about if you sin? But what I've come to realize is, um, when you read your Bible, when you develop an actual personal relationship with Jesus, when you're praying in constant prayer with him, you're not going to want to sin because you know it's going to hurt him. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to want to do it. You're not going to. And I know this in my, like, I've seen this in my life. Those moments, um, and lately they've been, there's been more than not. But once again, we talk about it's linear. It's not linear. Yeah. Um, but those moments when I am like really in my Bible, I'm really like, I'm just so much more folk or so much more. It's easier to resist temptation because you have the word of God. You have your constant conversation with God. You have the personal relationship. You don't want to grieve him. Mm-hmm. You don't want to make him upset. Um, so yeah, I don't know how we got on that. But <laughs> no, <there we> <laughs> I, I completely agree. You know, it's like, just like that verse says when when we do, when our hearts are truly converted, when Christ does save us, um, you know, the old man has passed away and the new man is, is here after that. And, um, our heart's desires do change. And I don't, I, I think I experienced that like when I was kind of like in high school and that's when I realized that like God is my savior, not just my friend. Um, and mm-hmm. just realizing like, Lord, like I, I don't have a desire to do A, B, and C. And of course, we still stumble. I still, you know, I've struggled with other things in the past, but it's oh. like that <laughs> desire truly does change and you are grieved when you sin um, and, and you repent and that's totally different. And yes, that's the other thing too. And that's how I've kept a check on myself. I know when, let me figure out how to say this. I know that I have truly, like, I'm trying to get a, I'm trying to fix a sin or I'm trying to improve in a sin when I know that it actually hurts me. Mm. The moment I sin and I'm like, eh, whatever, that's when it's like, okay, wait a second. If I'm not, if I'm not hurting, if I'm not guilty, if I don't feel, I don't want to say shame. Conviction. You shouldn't conviction that's the right word if i don't feel conviction from the sin then okay there's a problem there's an absolute problem and i have a conversation with my friend and you know it was a tough conversation because we were talking about something a particular sin that you know we, we i'm sure we've all participated in and i was like how i know that i'm getting better with myself is 
I feel a conviction. The moment you lose that conviction, I mean, you should be concerned. Yeah. You should really be concerned. Um, But yeah, I want to, we're going to wrap it up, but I do want to talk about something um, that has been in the news um, that people have been talking about. I think we should continue to talk about because it is really, it's disturbing. Um, And I want to talk about it from the Christian perspective. We talk about it a lot from the conservative perspective because this is a podcast where we talk about it from both sides, but I really want to talk about it from the Christian perspective first, and then we'll get into the politics of it all. Um, I want to talk about the justice for the five. Um, For those that don't know, if you listen to at this point, if you listen to maybe like two or three episodes before this, I talked a little bit about it. Um, A pro-life anti-abortion activist um, found the, um, I guess, you can say like the remains of um, 115 babies, but five were, looked like they could have been born alive. Um, but by the time we hear this, maybe we will know. But right now we don't know because the medical examiner will not investigate it. Uh, and these are babies, if you go to live action, if you go to Noelle's account, if you go to my account, if you go to those other girls, you'll see pictures and videos. Like if you are listening and this is the first time you're hearing of this. Um, you haven't been on social media for a while and you have no idea what we're talking about. If you live action, I want to say students for life, Marshall, every, mm-hmm. every pro-life anything has talked about this. And you can see like, this is a serious, like it's not, it wasn't, um, I mean, especially the first baby that they always show, it's, there's no denying it. I mean, people say a lot of things, even with the ultrasound. To me, the ultrasound is very obvious, but, you know, make excuses here and there. But the first one, baby Christopher, you there's no denying, no denying that. So I wanted to kind of talk about what, how, how do we respond to this as Christians? What should we be doing? Because I know a lot of us are... Um, sad. And I think as more time comes, I feel like some of us are getting righteously angry. Um, how do we respond to this, these type of things as Christians? I think, you know, as, as believers, I think the first thing that comes to mind when it comes to abortion and the whole issue, especially with justice with the five is talking to believers who don't, who do not, feel that righteous anger towards this who are who are pro-choice um i think that 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 is immediately where my heart goes because i've seen so many believers claim to be pro-choice so many and it baffles me i i legitimately i want to understand and i think on a very very small level i get when they're set well i don't get but i hear them when they say like i really care about the mother because i mean there's some really sad situations out there but I just, I don't, I don't fully get it. Yeah. I don't fully get it. (laughs) I used to be more on the like pro-choice side in a way where I was just like, I'm just going to look the other way. And like, if you're going to get it, you're going to get it. Um, just don't use my money for it. I was more on that side. And then, um, I learning about the science of it, but also like, I really do believe the Lord changed my heart towards that because like, you know, it's Mm -hmm. so clear in Jeremiah one five, um, talking about the Lord forming us in our mother's womb, Psalm 139, the Bible is so clear that the Lord does form us in our mother's womb, that life is precious, that children are precious, that murder is wrong. And so as believers, 
we should feel that conviction. You know, the organization that found the the five babies that were full term and questionably a partial birth abortion um, was a progressive mm-hmm. anti-abortion group. And so they're leftist and they're atheist. And if these people are mad and they're fighting for justice, how much more should believers be fighting for the voiceless, be fighting for the most vulnerable? Mm-hmm. Like that should mm-hmm. convict you. If you are a Christian who is kind of like on the fence about abortion, that should really convict you and stir something in you. Um, but I think as believers, like we pray, we um, we advocate, we call the D.C. police to investigate, um, you know, and, and ultimately we pray for I have dogs. that number. Keep yeah keep going i have that number awesome i'll look it up real quick yeah uh, i mean the dobbs case is coming up in june and they're deciding on that they heard the hearings um already and so i think as believers like let's definitely um i need to be more mindful of praying for the dobbs case that it is um that it is one and that roe v wade is is overturned i know it is so hard to imagine a world where it is overturned but that'd be amazing a lot of lives would be saved and i think as women too like I used to be like, oh, well, the mother, but also knowing someone like my grandmother tried to abort my father. It didn't work. Thank God. I mean, we talk about that. And she's like, I'm so thankful it didn't work. I'm so like, mm-hmm. that would have been the worst mistake ever. Um, and just talking about it's like, you know, abortion, Christ says, lay down your life for each other. Abortion says, lay down your life for me. Like how selfish are we as women mm-hmm. to tell our child, no, I want to live my life the way I want. Oftentimes, most of the time, it's just used as a contraceptive. I just want to, mm-hmm. you know, satisfy my own flesh and my lust. And that's gonna, you know, and I'm not saying this is the case for everyone. I think we should definitely be sympathetic to the cases that are abuse, that are really hard situations but that doesn't take away the severity that this is murder and we should not be so selfish as women to kill someone for our convenience, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm going to comment on what you said, but let me read the medical examiner's number out. For those of you listening, 202-698-9000. Just so everybody knows. But yeah, absolutely. Um, When you said, oh gosh, you said, something in particular um also is there an echo do you hear an echo i don't hear an echo okay testing okay i'm good um i think my headphone thing came out for a second but um when oh gosh i'm so sorry you said something that i was like that was right on um convenience convenience caring about I don't remember if it was important. The Lord will bring it back to me. Um, but I, I will like to add to that. Um, when you also look at like statistics, for example, people who have um, gotten pregnant because of rape, more of those women, they keep their child. Mm-hmm. Because I think people like when you, a lot of the people who are advocating online and get on Instagram and, oh, you're da da da, I, can guarantee they probably haven't really had the strong experience it's the people in real life who have had that and if you actually talk to those people women who have actually had abortions a lot of them regret it Mm -hmm. women who had abortions even in the 80s are just now coming to terms with it just now being feeling better in their hearts um if you talk to women who have actually been raped um i mean 
who uh gosh i'm trying to think of um i know someone who is a product of rape um and this person is yeah. very dear to me and i can't imagine life without that person you know and i'm yeah. so thankful that their mother chose life you know because like less than three percent of all abortions are because of rape which are it's so tragic but then i believe it's 70 percent of women who do go through those horrible experiences actually keep their baby um and i exactly you know, like, let's penalize this horrible evil criminal who did this heinous crime and a completely evil, abusive crime and not punish the child. Let's punish the actual perpetrator. And not only that, it, it re-traumatizes someone yeah. because, uh, you know, an abortion is not this sweet, easy, oh, it's this lovely little procedure. It is awful. I mean, if you um, have not, if you go to live action, I believe it's abortion procedures.com they have a video explaining it if you're just very if you're listening you're on the fence or you're so skeptical i would encourage you to look at that and i want to encourage you to look at those babies that they found i would really encourage you because that if you're on the fence that should really tip you over mm-hmm. um and the other thing too just say as christians like proverbs um 31 27 and 28 that says we're supposed to summarizing we're supposed to be the voice for the voices we're supposed to speak up um for those who can't speak and this is an example of that this is what we're doing so you know saying back silent like we can't do that anymore yeah i understand if you don't want to you know post a bunch of things on instagram if you don't want to start a podcast not everybody's going to do that but you cannot be silent anymore you have to talk about it you need to call you need to talk to your senators. You need to vote. Oh my goodness, everybody vote. Um, May 17th, if you live in North Carolina, is our primary. I'm sorry, is our um, mi- yeah primary for the midterms. May 17th. You need to vote. Everybody needs to, like, once again, we cannot continue to sit back. We have to. This is a call to action. Um, we have to do something. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to say about... Um, talking about abortion as a christian anything you want to say about justice for the five anything like that you want to add anything um in regards to justice for the five i would just really recommend everyone to go check out pow p-a-a-u on instagram they're the ones who found those babies um if you can donate to them because they're the ones that are really getting these groundbreaking images and um i think that in order to put an end to this injustice we need to get more of these stories out there so just support them um if you can whether you just pray for their organization pray if they come to know the truth of jesus because all of them are atheists um and just pray for a hedge of protection around what they do yeah and i think that's another thing too um this is just a side note let's pray for people who are on our side when it comes to like politics or like different human rights issues because abortion is a human rights issue not a political issue when it comes to these things let's pray for people who are on our side as well um and pray that they see the truth because I think sometimes I know like with me I'm friends with some of um, the people there like in real life and I don't bring up the gospel at all and it's not like obviously there's a time and a place but sometimes I just kind of just like no they're on our side I don't want to offend them and it's like there is a time and a place Mm -hmm. it's just being able to like listen to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is going to tell you when it's when you need to say something using discernment you know if we're in the middle of a protest you know don't go over hey by the way jesus loves you that's not that's not beneficial but like you know you're eating pizza and it comes up then you know speak the truth and speak the truth in love Mm -hmm. um 
just felt like I needed to say that. Um, last question I want to ask you is, um, this is a big one. If every girl in the entire world was listening right now and needed advice from you, what advice would you give them? And it could be about anything political, Christian, makeup, uh, athletic, something, whatever advice you think every girl in the world needs to hear. Um, I think the first thing that comes to mind is, um, let Christ be your joy. Um, you can Mm. never earn or, you can never earn the amount of affirmation that you want or the amount of confidence or compliments. Only joy comes from the Lord. And that's something that I've struggled with my whole life. But knowing that, you know, God commands my heart to be joyful and rejoice in the fact that I am saved through him and of all of the good things that he's done. And, you know, even just counting our blessings, really being grateful for what God has done in your life. Um, it does wonders. And I think, you know, just there's a huge mental health crisis and, um, true. And again, this doesn't to discredit any kind of chemical imbalances. We all know that that exists. However, um, Christ can really be that supernatural peace to any anxiety you may be feeling with all of the chaos in the world and that hope that, um, will carry you and that will give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. So. That was great. That's a, and I think that's a good way to end it on something. Guys, let the Lord be your peace. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, Noelle, for coming on. Um, can you tell everybody how to find you yeah. or how to end up? plug your podcast and everything yeah well first of all thank you for having me it's so nice to just talk about jesus and politics all in one such a blessing rarely get to do it so i love this such blessing um but you can find me noelle.fitchit if you just look up noelle fitchit on instagram i'm like the only noelle fitchit in the united states so it should be pretty easy to find um just fitch and then it um but yeah ett there's a dot between noelle and fitchit but yeah i'm on twitter on instagram all the links are in my my bio so yeah yay thank you again for coming on we definitely should have you back again um i love talking jesus and politics as well um let me think i guess that's it everybody if you enjoyed this please like rate review subscribe tell everyone you know this is a truly a really great episode and i would even share this with your friends that aren't christian um, so they can at least hear a different perspective, but all of your friends that are Christian and might not be super political, this is a great, this is probably the top episode for them to listen to if they are just Christian and they're like, oh, I don't really like politics. So make sure you share this with them. And also too, please. Bye. Thank you for listening to Those Other Girls with Mallory and Bailey. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Head over to our website, thoseothergirls.com, to read our blogs and receive exclusive content. And connect with us on Instagram at Those Other Girls Podcast and on Twitter at TOG underscore podcast. Those Other Girls, changing culture and bringing back traditional values.